Well, good morning, and, uh, and uh, welcome to our um, to session three of our Just War Theory study. And so we are um, we're going to pray, and then we'll jump right into it. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that you would bless us, our conversation, our meditation, our thinking upon this uh, issue and the very difficult subject of war. And so, Father, we just pray that you would grant us wisdom and, and uh, as we wrestle with difficult issues. And, uh, and Father, help us as, as citizens, as civilians, to have a better comprehension, especially as Christians, of the place and function and morality of war. And so may you bless us now in this way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, today, um, we are going to be um, talking about discrimination. Now, discrimination, that can confuse people outside of a military context because you say discrimination, um, and what do you normally think of? Color and sex. What? Color and sex. Color, sex, gender, you know, discriminating. Usually we hear that term, you know, in the public it's more about discriminating against a certain person because of their whatever that's going on with them, Right. And so, um, now, uh, so, but what does discrimination actually mean? Distinguish. To distinguish. Yeah. Yeah, to distinguish, to separate out, to, you know, to, to, and so, um, and so when we're talking about um, discrimination uh, in, uh, in war, what are we talking about? Civilians versus military. Yeah, yeah. Who do we count as combatants? Who who is allowed to be engaged with deadly force? Right. Um, how can you deal? Uh, um, what do you do? And so, and there's um, now there's you know Matt notes in here. Just there's not a ton of of biblical um, passages you can go to one after the other. They get into the, the the detail of discrimination of how to do appropriate. Uh, uh, discrimination uh, in wartime, um, but there are some things, and we'll we'll pull those out as we as we go through. Um, but uh, but you think about also, um, but discrimination is uh, as you know it can be a bad thing if it's prejudicial discrimination, uh, but um, but also discrimination is necessary, right? If you're running a charity, do you discriminate? Yes. Yes, you discriminate between the people who need your charity and those who don't, right? <laughs> so um, you, we have, we discriminate all the time, and so and so uh, and so we uh, so the word discrimination tends to get a bad rap because of some bad discrimination that goes on and false accusations of discrimination, and so you bring that word up, and you know people kind of kind of go like kind of tense up. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? But we were talking about um, we were talking about. Um, Discrimination, you know, uh, when people are coming into the country, do we discriminate? Like when they're coming coming into the airport. Yeah, when they're coming into the airport, let's say they're flying in, and so um, and so. Well, and even there, you know, uh, even there, um, you know, is there there's still a difference between having a passport, being a citizen, and being someone who's just sneaking across or or, or however they're handling. You know, so there's still a discrimination that's ha- that's happening there. So we did, and so the point simply is that discrimination happens all the time, and um, and and so we're we're talking about is discrimination in war, which is incredibly incredibly important. Now, um, in the, in the navy, um, they uh, in military they they always whenever they do a briefing, 
and uh, in, in, uh, information thing, they always do um, what they call C's and D's, which are basically, I forgot what the C meant, but anyway, uh, <laughs> or no, concepts and definitions. And so they got concept, and so they always do that, and so that's how this is going to be set up here. Um, so we have our C's and D's um, for uh, for discrimination. So remember, this is geared for a military audience. So, so the, these guys are usually familiar with this, but and the and, and the concepts and definitions here are very simple um, uh, to deal with, and it really just has to do with um, the taking of human life, and so um, and so we have. Uh, so, uh, and so we're going to go. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, really quick. We're going to do a uh, a comparison between killing and murder. So what do both killing and murder involve? What do they both have as components? Taking of life. Yeah, yeah, death, taking of life. <clears throat> okay. And um, so um, and so when we say killing, um, how how do we differentiate killing from murder, say. So you could say, well, you could say both have motive, right? Right. They both have motive. Yeah, they both have motive. Yeah, so they both have motive. Um, Murder would be against humans. um, Yeah, yeah, murder would be against humans. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Against humans. Alright, so both have motive. Uh, um, uh, It also... um, uh, both have a measure of force involved, right? Mm-hmm. There's some some amount of force that's involved, um, of, le- uh, of lethal force, <clears throat> lethal force uh, to some degree or another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what what differentiates murder from killing? Uh, it's against humans. What's something else that differentiates murder from killing? Murder was not is not necessary. Murder was done when there was no necessity to kill. It's yeah. done in spite of. It's not ne- okay. So murder is not necessary, and um, so and also if someone says, "I did not. I may have killed that man, but I did not murder him." Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. What What are they saying? Huh? Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Yeah. And um. And where it's a question of justice, mm-hmm. right? And so murder is the unjust taking of life, right? It's the taking of life. And now, can killing, is killing always just when it involves people? Probably not. No, it's not always just. So you could say just or unjust. Because it's it's, on purpose right now. Yeah, and I mean, killing you could put almost like, you know, killing is kind of a broader category, you know? And murder is a species of killing. You know, murder is a more specific, uh, defined, unjust aspect of killing. A subset of killing. Yeah, and so that that is, but that is particularly defined by its injustice, right? They did not have the right to take that person's life, right? That person's life is unjustly taken. I guess it could fall under unjust, but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure murder is against the law in everywhere. 
It's yeah. illegal. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it would be it would essentially it would be definitionally illegal, right? Because um, they made they made now how they how specific law defines murder may vary from country to country or even state to state, depending on because we got all these different levels, you know, that we that we that we go through. Um, it's um, yeah, and, and so and um, yeah, so we have um, we have that. So anyway, what, what was I going to write down? The illegal. Yeah, illegal. yeah. oh, illegal. It's yes, illegal. illegal. Yeah. Eric, I got a question. Yes. Um, <clears throat> maybe we're maybe I'm parsing it too much. Yeah. Uh, as far as definitions, but where in the top where homicide? How is that defined? Is homicide? Because you can have justified homicide, unjustified homicide. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is homicide another word for murder? Uh, without being a lawyer, um, I wouldn't be able to answer that technically in, in the law. But so the question is: Is homicide um, is homicide uh, another word for murder? No. And um, no, it's, not. it's not. Okay. It just means killing of a person. Yeah, because yeah, you can have because you can have because you can have unintentional homicide, right? Um, so. so it fits more under the general overall umbrella of killing. Yeah. So yeah, and and then it also moves into so yeah, it fits under the general umbrella of killing. And it also moves into kind of the all those legal definitions that we have that are that are very specific and uh, and there's a lot of them. So um, and so it, and so for as as we're looking at today, um, to kill is basically to deprive of life by any manner or any means. So that's it may be just or unjust, right? And so uh, and murder is the act of unlawfully killing a human being, uh, particularly with premeditated malice. By a person of sound mind, and it is always unjust. So those are the those are the definitions that we're working with. Um, is that on, like the military definition that you got? Y'all got this from some? Uh, I I don't know if there's an official military definition oh, okay. that they work from. Uh, I'm not sure, um, but uh, uh, this may have just been from the from the dictionary. <laughs> so, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, and so this. Um, this would be the D, the definition. Yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. This is well. I mean, this is basically C's and D's. These are the what's under that concept. So um, now there are two main prongs of just conduct because that's what we're moving into now. So this is um, uh, so this we went from the right to go to war. Who has the right to declare war? And then um, and when is it right to go to war? And we went from there. And now we're moving into just conduct in war, how we operate while we're at war. So we're at war now. How do we operate rightly in a manner that is uh, just? And there are two main prongs of just conduct as we think about this. And so first, uh, the first two are, and we're going to talk about one today and one next week, which is discrimination and proportionality. And so um, discrimination... Uh, is talks about the who, and then the proportionality talks about how much force. So and so, those are the two huge questions that we have to that, that we have to wrestle with, you know. And so, um, you know, if you know, it's a, the silly example I give, you know, if, if somebody you know shoots at a NATO country from across the border with a gun, can we nuke them? You know, like that's that we would say that is a disproportionate. Response, right? 
Um, and so, and so, so this question of proportionality comes up. We're going to look at that in detail next week. But this morning, we're going to look at discrimination. And so, uh, and so this, and the question of discrimination is um, who and what is and is not a legitimate target in just war. Yeah, and who and also what? And so um, where can we attack? What places, what structures can we blow up or, or uh, you know, it, when, we're in, when we're at war? Um, so uh, and so we'll, we'll, go through some, we'll, we'll go through some examples here. Now, there are, some, there are biblical roots to uh, the understanding of um, discrimination. And so, uh, so we have Matthew 13... Uh, Verses twenty four through thirty, and uh, and then also verses thirty six to forty three, um, and this was developed as we said there on by um, Thomas Aquinas, and uh, and then also Genesis eighteen twenty two to twenty six, and I'm going to go ahead and um, read these ver- these verses from Matthew thirteen, and this is talking about Jesus. Uh, uh, put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field and while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away and so when the plants came up and bore grain uh, then the weeds appeared also and the servants of the master of the house came to him and said "Uh, master did you not sow good seed in your field how then does it have weeds he said to them an enemy has done this So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat um, in my barn. Sorry, I meant to pull it up, but it's still hard to read up there. So, um, now I'm going to go to the now. If we move over to verse 36, we move to the explanation that uh, Jesus gives. And so, in verse 36, he says, "Then he left the crowds and went to the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, "Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field." He answered, "The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil." The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. And just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. So... Just here, before we move to the Genesis passage, um, how might this passage, this parable of the weeds, uh, the wheat and the weeds, or the wheat and the tares, how might this um, speak to the issue of discrimination? How does how does how does the issue of discrimination come up in the parable? What's the problem of the parable? What's going on that causes the issue? Yeah. yeah, so the wheat and the weeds have grown in together. An enemy sowed them, right? And so, um, and, so, uh, and so what does he say? Let them be. Let them be. And then at the end, what will happen? I'll sort it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He says, I'll sort it out in the end. And so I'll separate them out. Okay? And it's that, that idea of separating, right? Between, uh, between the, the wheat and the tares, that principle of that separation that you make. 
And so if you have the authority as uh, given to you by God as a government in a just com- combat to, um, to wield the sword, and the sword of even temporal judgment, momentary judgment, which is what war would be, a just war would be, then you have the responsibility to also be discriminatory as to who is getting shot at or blown up, right? And so, um, because you don't want to hurt innocent civilians who are not fire, even, even in the enemy nation, who are not firing at you, right? Uh, just as you don't want them to do that uh, to you and to your people. So, so we have the very basic concept of, of discrimination. And so then, uh, uh, then we move over to Genesis 18, verses 22 to 26. I'll pull this up there. Uh, and so um, let's talk about Abraham. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood before the Lord. And then, Abra- and then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous from the city. Within the city, will you sweep away that place and spare it for 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous people, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And then he keeps, then he keeps, you know, he kept going down, right? Kept going down. And then, uh, and then. Uh, and then what happened to Sodom? Wiped out. Got wiped out. Yeah. But the Lord said, you know, he would not wipe out the city for the sake of the righteous. Right. So so even that he would um, he was going to be generous and gracious and not do that for the sake of these few. And so, again, we see have this idea of withholding, making making a discriminatory action um, decision. I mean, so these are principles that work on. And like I said, like there's not direct information that we find in the Bible that says, here, let's talk about discrimination and combat, right? And so we're searching for principles, and the Christian uh, just war tradition has searched for principles in the scriptures to help give us wisdom as to how to operate, which is one of the, one of the uh, um, uses of the law. And so, um, uh, and so, and, and Abraham negotiated God down to ten righteous, right, before he took him down. So, so this brings us to discrimination. So, and so if you're if we're saying um, if we're saying that discrimination, and let's say discrimination is saying what you cannot do, what is something that a um, if you are seeking to be just that and you want to be faith, faithful and discriminating in war, um, what is something that you cannot do? But you're just like, this is off the table. We cannot do this. Well, I guess you mean like bomb a hospital. Bomb a hospital. Bomb a school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so cannot, can't do in discrimination. So you cannot bomb hospital, schools. Say civilian infrastructure. Schools, yes. Civilian in- infrastructure. Sure everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't. Uh, yeah. You can't. Can't just. Can't just shoot. Yeah. Everyone. Although I would. Count, I would. You know. Thicken that plot a little bit by saying that 
you know, in modern times, you know, terrorists have used this as an exact way to hide, okay? So oh, yeah. Exactly. We, go, we go to the yeah. hospitals, we go to the schools, yeah. you know, just because of that, you know, so mm-hmm. then it gets really sticky. Okay? Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, do that yeah and, and we're coming to that. It's the same simple Right. Yes. Right here yeah. On paper. yeah. This is going to get complicated real fast. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because because um, I'm introdu- just introducing this, um, but yeah, the questions are going to get real complicated, especially when that stuff like that happens. And there's even complications with uh, things where people aren't in, trying to take advantage of um, Western nations who who uh, uphold these types of things. They're not trying to take advantage of the like the good nature of those they're fighting against or the honor of those who are fighting against. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so one may not intentionally kill non-combatants. Okay. I, I don't want this to get political or anything, but no. there is a saying I was telling Wes that um, I've heard many times that in the Middle East conflict, mm-hmm. like Israel uses rockets to protect its people, the terrorists use people to protect its rockets. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And actually, I have a slide up here that's going to even speak directly to that. Uh, that that yeah. So that. Yeah, the, the idea of using people as human shields, shields. is uh, is is it speaks to the the discrimination. That is something that you can't do. You can't use civilians as human shields. So yeah, there is that, and I think what we're just drawing is a distinction between just war theory is rooted in Christian, Judeo-Christian, um, the law and values that Scripture, and that is different than Muslim. That is also different than if you would have a secular country that says we 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 do whatever we need to do, mm-hmm. and you know when we look at Russia's example now. But in other words, it, it does matter what the basis for your action is. And yeah, and that goes back to just cause, right? So so yeah, so it does matter your intention, what you're trying to accomplish, what you're doing, and so um, because if you start an unjust war but you act justly within that unjust war, it's still unjust, right? And so if, if a policeman pulls you over and just arrests you, but he does it very gently, you know, you're like, this, it's still wrong. You shouldn't have pulled me over. You shouldn't have arrested me because I didn't do anything wrong, you know, even if you were nice about it and didn't kill me, right? So, or beat me up. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so now what if, though, non-combatant deaths are unintentional but foreseeable, right? What if, uh, so for instance, so for instance, um, uh, so there was, uh, Iran had uh, a while back had blown up a drone. This is under the Trump presidency. Had blown up a drone or blown up, they had blown up something on us. Can't remember exactly what. Um, and so we were about to bomb a facility. And then, and at the last moment, President Trump called it off because he said there were going to be too many um, civilian deaths because they estimated there's going to be I think 150, and so um, and so and it was debated about whether or not that was a good decision, bad decision, whatever it is. But you saw you saw in that even in that moment where this okay is this worth like can we you know can we in good conscience bomb this facility um, which is belongs to Iran is an enemy hostile facility, but they have 150 civilians working there. Can we bomb it? Can we? Yes. Should we? You know, and so that so it's a question. Now there may be a different math that says yes. This is so strategic and necessary. You know, let's say let's say there's six thousand people that work at this facility, and this is when the least amount of people is going to be there. 
you know, and so 150 versus 6,000, but it's a necessary structure that must come down. You know, it's like there's a different, there's a different math that you have to do. And these are heavy consequences that should weigh. I mean, I, I'm glad, you know, what, you know, whatever we may, uh, you know, feel about President Trump's decision there, I'm glad that weighed on him, that he was just like, hey, I mean, you know, I'm not just going to willy nilly just go wipe out 150 people, you know, that he said, no, I'm not going to do this. Or if he had said yes and gave a reason why, you know, gave, gave the justification. But I'm glad that you have that wrestling, you know. So it's, it's big stuff. The thing that's going through my mind is the atomic bomb. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. I assume that they went through this process before they dropped. They, they did. Oh, yes, yeah. they, yes, they did, yeah. actually, several times. Yeah. yeah. I think it was mainly because in the long run, it would prevent more killing and whatever, and in the war much faster than mm-hmm. if, but, you know. Yeah. I agree, I agree they estimated yeah. that it saved about 20 million lives. Yeah, between between the Allied soldiers and the Japanese yeah. population. And so we're actually we're going to come to that in proportionality next week. We're going to talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. So because um, that's the that's one of the classic examples that where you're talking about this is um, how does how does that work? Now what's interesting in, in Afghanistan in 2012 to 2013, um, there was a, we had a policy in the military um, for zero civilian casualties, and um, and that was that was the goal. They were like, we don't want. Now, it doesn't mean actually that's what happened, but they said our goal is to not have one civilian killed from our military operations. And so, and, and while you may say, well, that's unreasonable, it's saying, well, they're not prosecuting people for not doing that, but that is their goal. And so, and that is a noble goal. And, and we know that not everyone has that goal, right? Russia certainly doesn't have a goal of zero civilian casualties in Ukraine right now. Right. So um, so there is a difference between how certain militaries, uh, military operations can work, um, even if the results don't always come up as we desire, because this stuff gets uh, messy. So um, so the more a nation is winning a war. Uh, so because it's interesting because it does get it gets it gets messier because um, uh, there's a note that Matt here that is really helpful. He says the more a nation is winning a war, the the less that they should accept foreseeable combat non-combatant deaths. Like the more the, the more victorious and powerful and able you are, and it's more clear you're going to win, then the less necessary it is for you to, to carry out operations that are going to result in civilian deaths. Like that's that's the idea there. Um, the more difficult uh, the struggle, the more likely you will be willing to accept foreseeable non-combatant deaths. Hence, the atomic bomb, right? Hence, uh, some certain operations that, that, have, that, that have been going on. Um, so, and so it really comes down to what are the stakes, right? Um, the stakes for our combat operations, personally for the U.S., have been relatively low in the sense that no one's coming across our borders since 9-11, Right? So no one's coming in and doing an invasion into our land. No one's threatening our personal homes and things like that. And so, um, and so the um, and so the stakes are not as high for us, which is why we get to debate and have all kinds of arguments and all this stuff like that. It's a different thing when a neighboring country just rolls into your country, yeah. right, <laughs> and starts rolling on your and starts knocking on your front door, right? That's that's the the stakes go way up, and the debates tend to flatten out 
because it becomes very clear based on what the stakes are. So, um, and so we have to we have to understand that as well. So, it, and it's and even then, looking back at World War II, it's one thing for us to look now back at World War II and criticize them, right, and be like, "Oh, well, you you shouldn't have done that." It's like, well, isn't that wonderful for you to say that <laughs> as the victors of the war? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> so you have to so you have to be careful. A lot of military guys say. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because I mean, it's um, the, if the rules are difficult, um, you're dealing with terrorism, which is incredibly gnarly mess to deal with, and to um, and so um, you know how do you how do you do that? And um, but and part of the problem with um, is you know not speaking about those rules specifically, but part of the problem of, of carrying out these combat missions and, and and with honor is that you usually pay a price for it. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, so, uh, so intentional non-combatant deaths are murder. Um, they are considered to be murder, right? They are unjust. Um, <coughs> and we've uh, um, now we've and we've already kind of discussed a little bit, um, but uh, you know, can non-combatant uh, can non-combatants be unintentionally killed? And the answer is yes. So yeah, yes. Um, and. And then we also talked about if non-combatant deaths are unintentional, but we foresee them, we estimate, you know, this many, you know, non-combatants are going to die in this operation. Um, well, then we try to minimize that as as best we can. Uh, yeah, yeah, and people, and, and again, and that's and that's used as you know, we see it in movies, used as a kind of a bad term or whatever. It's just like, but there, yes, we understand that they're human lives, but there's also other things at stake. It's kind of like. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's a whole idea. Even we saw it with the COVID stuff, and just kind of like you know, people going, you know, there was a, for a while it was kind of like, well, you know, one death is too many, and you're like, you stop that, like you stop that because then don't drive a car, right. don't go outside, don't live in your home, don't like because you only people die in their home. You know, it's like it's just kind of like there's always get, you know you can't say one is two. It's like yeah, that sounds noble on social media. Um, but it really is, we know, is unrealistic in a fallen world. And so, um, so it is a just nation's responsibility not only to protect their people, but also enemy noncombatants as best they can do both. As best they can do both. So it doesn't mean that you tie your hands up because they brought a civilian into the enemy base, you know. But, um, but at the same time, it, we also are very careful. and We want to preserve life um, as much as we can. So, now we come to some um, some some thorny questions, and so we're gonna um, we're gonna bring these up and run through these. So, uh, so the question is, who are combatants? So, um, so we certainly say clearly, combatants are guys in uniform with a gun, right? <laughs> like, and so, 
And, and keep in mind, we're going to separate out terrorism from this for a moment, just because that is a that because we're talking about war, and terrorism is not strictly war. Technically, um, terrorism is terrorism. Terrorism is not war, um, and war on terrorism is not actually a war. <laughs> so that's a phrase. <laughs> so um, because terror, remember, war is right two sovereign peoples, uh, nations uh, fighting each other, right, or one one seeking independence within that sovereign nation, right. But those, but there, but that's those. That's the definition of war here. So, um, but. Our military person personnel who are on liberty, if they're you know off the boat, they're on vacation. There are they combatants. They're active duty military personnel. They're on liberty. So, well, you still get you still get you still get breaks. So you'll go you'll go serve your time and then come back and they'll give you some time off and then you go back right and so you come back. Um, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, they would be considered to be combatants. Um, oh, they so, would? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, so, now, I would say they are. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Sheba, David? David. Or, or, or are we talking Uriah? Yeah, Uriah. Yeah. He was, he wouldn't even sleep with his wife. He, he was like, I should be there. I should be at war. I should be on the front. Right. Mm-hmm. He can't come home and enjoy life and yeah. Mm-hmm. He was still at war, though he was at home for a minute. Yeah, was. yeah, he was also home because of false pretenses. <laughs> so, <laughs> in mind, him as an individual, he was still at war. Yeah, like what mm-hmm. you just said. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so, um, what about military personnel who have surrendered to the enemy? Are they still combatants? I would say no. Yes and no. So. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Officially, we would say no. They're not because um, they don't pose a threat. They're 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 under. They're, they've surrendered. They don't have any weapons. They're under lock and key under the power of the enemy. So Right, and, and so they can be held in in uh, in prison or camps or whatever um, to prevent them from rejoining the combat, right? right? Um, but you can't, you're not to go and just summarily execute them because they're because they are uh, surrendered enemies. And, and there's even so. a difference between those who have surrendered and POWs. Yes, yeah, and and, and we've we've heard about the POW, especially in Vietnam. But the you know it, there's a difference between, and we know that there's this matters because. Um, in World War II, you know, um, when the Germans were, were uh, when Russia was coming across and the Allies were coming in, uh, well, guess which direction the Germans were running to surrender? To the Americans. They're going. They're going to the. Yeah, they're going to the American and UK, you know, British Allied forces because they did not want to surrender to the Russians, right? Because the Russians, they, they have a policy of they get to do whatever they want to you. If you surrender, um, maybe they'll let you live. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll torture you and kill you. They don't know. You know what? You, they'll send you to a prison camp and work you to death. You know, like you know, and just and so they're like, we're going to go to the Allies. So they're running to the Allies to go surrender because they know how um, the Allies were treating them. Uh, re- would would treat them. So, um, all right. What about reservists who have not been recalled to active duty? Seems like I guess that's a yes. They're like the so. military people on liberty. 
Uh, are they? I don't know. I'm so, yeah, right I know. Well, so. see, this 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 gets see this does get thorny, right? Um, so uh, so reservists, it would actually say no because they are not uh, because if they're because if they're not activated, then they're not active duty military personnel. They're just dressed in civilian clothing and going about the jobs, right? Unless they get called in, and so then um, once they're activated, then they become combatants. You know. Um, uh, well, yeah, and then they would become. Yeah, and that, well, that would be true for anyone. So, well, so for so here's here's an interesting example. This was a debate that came up, and I was talking with Matt about this in um, uh, Ukraine. Um, you know, since 2015, or um, sorry, since um, 20, was it? Uh, let's see, was it 2014 that uh, Russia annexed Crimea? And 2014. 2014, yeah. And Obama was just like, oh, that's okay. All right. And so, and um, uh, you, y'all just accept it. And so, um, and so then, uh, and so with, uh, in, um, since then, they had been training and preparing because they knew Russia was coming back. They had a bite at the apple. They knew they were coming back for the whole thing. And so they kept training and training training. Well, and then when all this broke out, he said, okay, look, civilians, come. We're going to arm you. We're going to do this, things like that. And so, and this, but this issue of discrimination came up, right? Because once a civilian takes up arms, they're now combatants. And so if you're dealing with, uh, but again, how high are the stakes? Very high. They're high, right? They're top. They're, they're, they're being invaded by a superior force, or at least we thought <laughs> uh, initially. Uh, but, uh, but, but they're being invaded by a larger, a stronger force. And so, and it looks like they're going to get wiped out. So stakes are, you know, 100%. Right, like they're they're top, so it's it's at the point where um, uh, you know there's that the um, the speech that Churchill gave uh, after um, Dunkirk, which was a loss, right? Um, but then and, and you know it's this famous, but it's the you know um, and, but he said like we will fight them on the beaches, we will fight them like basically we will fight them to our last dying breath. You know, it was just like basically if they come here, we're all becoming combatants. You know, and it's just kind of like it's. So this this issue comes up more. So um, medical personnel. I guess no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, it just highlights how difficult it is to figure out what this is. So currently, that's what's accepted is that yeah. they're not right because medical personnel would be. Were you saying? Oh, that's what. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, yeah, because we we did this, and there was one one uh, flight student who was debating, saying, "Well, but they are treating someone in order to re- restore them so that they can go back into combat." And so, and so, if I, so you know, and he would just talk about it theoretically, you know, um, and so, but we generally, um, but as of right now, and, and we generally regard all military uh, medical personnel to be uh, non-combatants because. They are supposed to give medical aid to everyone, to whoever needs it. And so um, at, at, at least that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. You know, uh, we, we don't just leave the enemy to just bleed out and die. We'll actually care for them if we get them. Um, but we'll also make sure that they can't get a weapon. <laughs> but um, all right. Uh, now, this one, military industry. So here's the, we get into the buildings and structures. So would, let's say, um, uh, uh, yeah, bomb manufacturing facility that is staffed entirely by civilians. How, how could it not be? So, yeah, you, 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 you,
pick the gun up and shoot you in the face, but yeah. I'll, you know, I'll give him the gun, I'll give him bullets, and I'll make sure he can do that. Yeah. Like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Even if you are a civilian, you're just yeah. like a, you're, Mm-hmm. You're the second-hand smoker. Yeah. You know, well, the, the, the answer, yeah, and the answer is yes. Yes, like, you know, if they're, they're making jet fighters, they're making tanks, they're making bombs, and things like that, they, they, they are wartime, they are war industry, then it is a legitimate target, even if it's staffed by civilians. one exception, of course. What's that? Schindler's folks. What's that? Schindler's group. What were they doing? I'm not familiar. Oscar Schindler, who uh, he hired the Jewish... He saved as many Jewish people as he could by hiring them to work in the armaments factories. And of course, they sabotaged what they were making. Oh, okay. But yeah. they were in the, the Nazi military industrial complex. Oh, there you go. But yeah. they were not. Yeah. They were, of course. Yeah, in that, in that complex, that it could have been bombed. You know, yeah. by the Allies, unless they knew what they were up to, then they would certainly leave them alone. But, <laughs> but well, um, war refineries in World War II were military industry. They, we Allies bombed the oil refineries, you know, all across Germany if they could. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They and, were and, and fuel yeah. for the war effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we did. And we did this. And so, um, and there were. I mean, there were a lot of these issues that came up. So it, it, it gets messy because look at the carpet bombing of Dresden. And it was meant for the military-industrial complex, but many, many got Right. Yeah, we did a lot of firebombing. Yeah, and so, um, and that was standard procedure for a lot of for a lot for the Western countries, for pretty much all the countries. But so we see, um, you, we talked about the idea of of uh, human shields. We're going to wrap up here, but um, human shields. Um, you know uh, that uh, this is not something that we do that we engage in it is unjust. Um, here's a. Um, now here's here's a difference, and that says the difference between the good guys and the bad guys is whether they use human shields uh, or they make themselves human shields, and there's and so that you got a soldier in front of civilians in that case, and that's and that is our approach, right? And so, um, all right, so this is the last uh, last bit here. So um, final word on discrimination: discriminate as much as you can afford to with concern for your nation's combatants and non-combatants as well as enemy non-combatants. It depends on the stakes of the, of the war itself, um, and certain lines should never be crossed. The intentional targeting of civilians should not, should not be something we do. And at the end of the day, we need to remember to love our neighbors as ourselves. All right, thank you all.